Can the Panthers notch their first win of the season? Let's talk about that. Good morning, Panthers fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Panthers Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me for another wonderful, beautiful, amazing, perfect Thursday. Thursday, as you might know, is, well, you probably don't, is unironically my favorite day of the week. Thursday night football. Friday is tomorrow. I don't have to run. Friday is the only day that I get to sleep in somewhat. Normally, I have to wake up at 6 a.m. and go running because I'm training, but tomorrow, I get to sleep in, and then it's the weekend, sleeping for the weekend, and uh, yeah, you can follow me at Daily Panthers on X for all your new sports analysis, tips, tricks, have someone to listen to, to watch, to read, whatever the case may be, but thank you. For joining me. It's been a bit of a bummer these past couple of weeks, but I think, I think this is the week that we turn it around and let me tell you why. Because the Vikings are not that good. <laughs> Last year, you might know, you probably know, the Panthers, or sorry, the Vikings were, I think, 11 and 0 in one score games last year. So games that were decided by one score or less. They ended up winning, I think, 13 games last season. I think they went 13-4. and four. And if you're doing the math, that means that they could have gone 2-15 and 15 if they would have flipped their record, even if they had won 500. I don't know what the overall record is for NFL teams in one-score games, but I would imagine it's not 11-0. So they had quite the anomaly of a year. And then when they got to the playoffs, they... Basically got shut down and sent home. That is that. If you haven't watched Quarterback on Netflix, you can kind of see Kirk's reaction. And I like Kirk. I do. I've become a fan of his. I think he's a good player. He's underrated. Um, in these top 10 quarterback rankings, he never gets the respect that he deserves. I think that he is going to pick us apart. But also, I think that Kirk is in the very good category. I don't think he's in the great category. And there's nothing wrong with that. Especially as a Panthers fan, I would take very good any day of the week because we have had very bad for six years up until this one. Hopefully, with Bryce Young moving forward, it will be very good. I'll take that. We haven't been very good since 2017. That year, we were very good. 2015, we were obviously historic. One of the best teams in the modern era. Should have went 16-0 with those freaking Falcons. But... Yeah, one of the best teams in the modern era. Should have won Super Bowl. That's neither here nor there. But I will say, the Vikings, are they've got some holes. There's four 0-3 teams in the NFL. We're one of them, and the Vikings are one of them. And the other two 0-3 teams play each other as well. So somebody, something's got to give here. There's only going to be two 0-4 teams after this week. Two winless teams in the NFL after this week. And I could see us not being one of them, but I could also see us being one of them. If I'm, I'm trying to go to this game too, so hopefully we do notch our first win. I am, what am I? I've been to three games. I'm one and two. I've seen a win against New Orleans and a loss against New Orleans. And But it was the day that 
Christian McCaffrey joined the Thousand Thousand Club, so that was historic and very memorable for me personally. And then I would say we lost to the Falcons. That was when I think Matt Rule was still head coach. Cam Newton was in the game at some points. So one and two, trying to bring it to two and two this week. Uh, But Minnesota ranks right in the middle on points per game. Yards per game, they're number three. They get some yards, but you notice the... The difference, I want to say dichotomy, but that just sounds like a fancy word. That does not mean what I need it to mean. The difference between yards per game and points per game. They're average on points per game. Yards per game, elite. So that bend but don't break offense could be great. What I would suggest, if you haven't already, get the Minnesota kicker on your fantasy team. Because it sounds like he's going to be kicking a lot this week. Maybe five or six field goals I could see. Because this Panthers defense loves to hold guys to field goals. so um, And then yards per play, they're number two. They're basically getting six yards a play. That is insanity. Third down conversion, they're pretty average, 42%. Fourth down conversion, three out of four, 75%. Red zone scoring percentage, 50%. Again, get that field goal kicker. Touchdowns a game, they're fifth in the country or the league in touchdowns a game but that defense though that defense is not great they are 26 in opponents points per game 27th in opponents yards per game 22nd in opponents points per play uh, 25 in opponents yards per play 19 in third down percentage 26 in fourth down percentage 29th in red zone scoring percentage, 27th in touchdowns a game. Their defense is not good. Their defense is bad. Why do you think we sat Bryce Young against the Seahawks but are like, yeah, he's good to go for the Vikings at home. This is a get-right game for Bryce Young. This is the game where he can break out, get some confidence, make those reads, and they make sense to him. He's not going to have Jesse Bates roaming around, being elite, not having to respect the deep ball. We've got this game in the bag if he can have a get-right game here. Um, They don't really run the ball that much either. They only run the ball 25% of the time, so they're last in the league in that. 19th in yards per rush, uh, last in rushes a game, and last in rushing touchdowns a game because they don't have any which is crazy to me. And then their defense is basically 20th in rushing yards. Opponent's yards are rushed 3.8, which is number 12. So that's not bad. That's pretty average. Uh, But everything else pretty much last in the league. And then passing, this is where they beat you. They're basically first. I'm not going to go through the whole list, but they're basically first overall in the league in passing. Um, They pass more than anyone. Uh, They get almost as many yards as pass as anyone. They pass the ball 339 yards a game. That's number two in the league. And then they're 12th in interceptions thrown and 14th in QB sacks. And their defense against the pass, um, they are last in opponent completion percentage, or next to last, rather. 27th in opponent's yards per pass. Those are the big two ones. And then they're 25th in interceptions and 21st in sack percentage. So we have a real chance 
to win this game. They're almost last in turnover percentage. They're last in their giveaways a game. They're 22nd in takeaways. So we've got a chance. Their defense is near last in takeaways. So all that to say, this is lining up for us. This is lining up for us. Their defense is not great against the run. They're okay. Their offense is great in the passing game, but not great in the run game. It's not a focus of their offense. And you can see that reflected in all those statistics. Whereas the Panthers' defense is not great against the rush. Uh, We are 22nd in opponent's yards per rush. And we are 27th in opponent rush yards a game. And 29th in opponent rush touchdowns a game. But against the pass, we're number five in opponent pass play percentage. Or sorry, (laughs) that's how much people pass against us. Completion percentage, we are 21st. Uh, And then passing yards per pass, we're 17th. And opponents pass yards a game, we're number nine. So we're a top 10 defense kind of around um, the pass uh, interception thrown percentage. We're number 11. Sack percentage, we're number four. So as far as us against the pass, we're okay. Us against the run, we are not great. We are bad. All in all, we come out to be an average defense. We've got some injuries, though. So that could change, but we really haven't looked that bad against the pass. We've gone against the Falcons, who really didn't try to pass the ball. They were mostly just running the ball. We've gone against the Saints, who have a lot of weapons and a good quarterback, who should have been more successful in the past than they were. And then we had the Seahawks, who hung 400 yards on us and could really do whatever they want, but they could run easier than they could pass, so they decided to run, and they put up 37 points with no turnovers. And that's the part that concerns me the most, that they had no turnovers and they were still able to put up that many points. And we had one turnover, and we were still only able to put up 27 after getting the ball on their like 35-yard line. So it's really going to be a matter of strength versus weakness. We are, well, really, strength versus not strength. I wouldn't say that we're at least strong against the pass. It's more so... Just by default, that teams are like, well, why would we pass the ball when we could just run it down your throats? We could probably be successful passing the ball too, but why take a chance when we could just run the ball and it'd be pretty much completely safe? So the Panthers need to create some turnovers. They need to be able to um, stop the pass at least a little bit. We are hurt all in the back end. Xavier Woods is out. JC Horn is out. C.J. Henderson was hurt. I think he'll probably be back for this game. But basically, we're relying on Dante Jackson against the best receiver in the league and possibly C.J. Henderson against Jordan Addison. I would say if you've got Jordan Addison on your fantasy squad, go ahead and start that sucker up because he's going to get a lot of chances to catch some passes against this team. If Dante Jackson travels, I could see Justin Jefferson not getting as many touches as people might think. A lot of people think that he's just going to gash us for 300 yards and four touchdowns, but I think it's more so just going to be, you know, you think of it like water. It just goes down the path of the least resistance. Wherever it goes, that's the easiest place for it to go, so it's just going to flow that way. So, honestly, it's easiest for the Vikings defense or offense to either run the ball against us 
or throw it to Jordan Addison because his matchup is going to be more favorable. And they could probably toast us with Justin Jefferson, but it's a higher percentage play to either run the ball or just go at Jordan Addison with C.J. Henderson or Troy Hill or whoever that second cornerback is going to be. Because the drop-off between Justin Jefferson and Dante Jackson is probably not as great as the drop-off between Jordan Addison and C.J. Henderson or whoever that other cornerback is going to be. So we'll see what happens. That's just my prediction. I just don't see them getting it to Justin Jefferson as much as other people may think. And and I don't think that that's because we're going to shut Justin Jefferson down. I just think they're just going to go for the easiest option, and that's going to be it. I expect a high-scoring game, at least in the first half. I think that overall we can win this game, but we will have to put up some points. This is going to be more of a shootout type of environment. I could see it going up to like 34 to 30, somewhere around there, um, whether or not we win or lose. 34, 24, somewhere around there. It's really going to depend on a couple of things. So one, how successfully can the Vikings actually run the ball? Something that they don't necessarily want to do, but it would be advantageous for them to do it against us. And then two, how many touchdowns can they score? Because from the 20 to the 20, they're going to be great. They're going to kill us from the 20 to the 20. But once you get inside that 20 and the field starts shrinking, are they going to be able to punch the ball in the end zone? And the reason I think they struggle so much in the red zone is because they can't run the ball. When you get down there, you have to be able to run the ball. And I don't think that the Vikings have figured that out yet. I don't know if it's Cam Akers being in that will make a difference. I don't know if Alexander Madison just can't carry the workload like they thought that he could. But... I do think that if they are not able to score touchdowns, then we will win this game. I don't care if they get 500 yards. If they can't put the ball in the end zone, it's not going to matter. They can control time of possession. Like that's what, what I really think is going to happen is the Vikings are going to score a bunch of field goals. And they are going to get to the red zone. They're going to dominate us from 20 to 20. We're going to hold them to a field goal. A lot. I legitimately think this Vikings kicker might have five field goals this upcoming Sunday. And that's something that doesn't really worry me that much, to be honest with you. And I'm okay with that. Anytime that the Vikings get a field goal, I'm going to consider it a win, especially with how many weapons they have. And once our offense gets out there, they can stay out there. We're going to have some long, sustained drives. And if... If we actually do win, I don't think it'll be that high scoring just because we're going to have some sustained drives and the Vikings are going to sustain some drives because we're not going to want to give up the big play. So I could see it being something like 24-20 just because of how much each team is going to make the other one drive. How much work we're going to make them do between the 20s and how much work they're going to make us do between the 20s. And we don't really have any explosive playmakers at this point. Unless we cause some confusion like we did against the Seahawks. DJ Chark hasn't shown himself to be a playmaker at this point. He has had a couple flashes in the Seahawks game. They play a lot of soft zone though. I'm not exactly sure what the Vikings play, but whatever it is, it ain't good. And then Terrace Marshall has not shown his face at all. Adam Thielen, he's going to be motivated against his old team. So I don't think that the offense will be the problem this Sunday. 
I think the defense is going to be the issue. With how many injuries we have on defense, with everything that's going on, with the number of weapons they have. Don't forget about TJ Hawkinson. Oh, Lord, he's going to cause us a lot of issues. I thought Kyle Pitts would cause us issues, but I forgot that the Falcons don't like to use their tight end because they're idiots. The one they spent atop, I think he was a fifth pick in the draft, and they don't want to use him. I don't get it. But I think that TJ Hawkinson, that's a different story. It's not going to be the Justin Jefferson show. It's going to be the TJ Hawkinson and Jordan Addison show. That's who's really going to dominate this game on Sunday. And we don't have anyone who can cover Hawkinson. We have someone who can cover Justin Jefferson for the most part. But as I said, the difference between Justin Jefferson and Dante Jackson is less than the difference between Jordan Addison and whoever our CB2 is. And the difference between TJ Hawkinson and whatever linebacker or nickelback is going to cover him is even greater than that. I don't know if we'll be putting Jeremy Chin on TJ Hawkinson, but his size mixed with his speed, that is something that's going to be a real problem for us. And we're going to struggle with athletic tight ends the whole season. And TJ Hawkinson is one of the best tight ends in the game, and he's paid like it. I'm pretty sure he's the highest paid tight end in the league right now. So all in all, if we're going to get dominated up and down the field, it's going to be because TJ Hawkinson. And if they score red zone touchdowns, it's going to be because of Hawkinson. So if we can find a way to cover him, which I don't think we can, and if we can find a way to just limit the damage elsewhere, we can limit them to field goals and we can win this game. That's going to be the big if. If we can contain TJ Hawkinson, that's the one I'm scared about the most. Because we don't have a linebacker who can cover. Shaq is out. He couldn't cover anyway. Kamu... You know, maybe he will be able to prove me wrong. Luvu can't cover great. And against the run, we're good. But they don't run the ball. So they're going to be focusing all of their strength on their strength, which is passing the ball. So it could present some real issues for us. If we lose this game, it will be because we weren't able to cover their tight end. And we just probably weren't able to cover anybody. That's going to be the thing. Kirk Cousins is just going to throw all over us. If we lose this game, that's going to be what it is. And that's not expert analysis by any means. I think everyone knows that. But we need a couple of turnovers. That's going to be the thing. Our pass rush has to get home. They have to. His line cannot block. That's the big weakness on this team. The line cannot block. Maybe that's why they can't run the ball. But if we can find a way to get pressure and he can't beat the blitz, We can win this game. We can get pressure and get home before we have to cover for too long. Because if we have to cover, it's over. We're not going to be able to do that. We've got to take away his options before they even become options. we got to get home on the blitz every time. Brian Burns has to step up. Derek Brown has already been stepping up. YGM, seeing a breakout game, I think. I think we'll see a breakout game out of YGM. This is the year that he takes a step forward. I've been impressed with him so far, mildly impressed. And I think this is the game that he takes a step. I think that they won't be able to block us. But if they are able to block us, then we cannot win. If they are able to block us, we we cannot give Kirk Cousins more than two seconds back there. If we do not get home that quick, then it's over. Yeah, because they can't run the ball. We know they're passing and they can't block. They're going to have to get some things out there, some quick beaters, something to get 
the ball out of his hands before the blitz hits home. And um, if we're able to get some pressure, this game might be over before it starts. Now, I don't want to get too big of a lead either. So if we lead, let's just keep it at like 7. 7 to 10. Not this 21-point lead where we start playing super soft zone and then they come back on us. No, 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 no. I am not going to sit here and watch that. So, all in all, I think we have a very real chance of going to 1-3. and three. I predicted us to start the season at 2-4. and four. That is a prediction that I am sitting with. And I think that tomorrow, or, or sorry, Sunday, is the first day that we are able to get our first win. So, I'm going to go ahead and book it. Prediction. My score prediction. I'm going to say... 31 to 30 Panthers. 31 to 30, my final score prediction. So thanks a lot for listening. I hope you all have a great rest of your day. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.